Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, we mock it up. Our one and only mock draft of 2022. How do we see the first round going? And more importantly, who's the choice at number 23? But first, roster moves. And at positions of need, it's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 557. And it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. So how excited are you, MJ? The draft literally just hours away. Oh, I'm excited. I, I enjoy the uh, draft process. Uh, you know how I feel. You and I got a chance to work over the last couple of years. I'm not into mock drafts. I'm more into big boards. And, you know, once again, um, these mock drafts, obviously they create conversation, which I get. But at the end of the day, um, they're not making the picks. Content. That's what the mock drafts have provided everyone over the last several weeks, several months. Speaking of which, we are going to present our own mock drafts but contain your excitement Berg gang for just a moment because we do have some non-draft news cardinals have re-signed cornerback antonio hamilton and claimed outside linebacker rondell carter off waivers hamilton more of a special teams player though he did start two games last season becomes the seventh cornerback on the roster a veteran this will be his seventh season. He did perform well when called upon. I just don't know if you can ask for him to do a whole lot, but the Cardinals didn't last season. Well, we know at one point they were playing Breon Borders, who's still on the roster, a young fella, uh, and he was thrown into the mix and obviously didn't get the call on the Tyler Lockett touchdown. So, you know, you want to have some depth there. He does bring veteran experience, and I would agree with you, a special teams player. So, um Again, I don't think that's going to preclude this team from, you know, taking a corner maybe in the second or third round or possibly the last uh, day of the draft. And we're still hoping, at least here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, we've made no, no secret of our love affair, if you will, of Robert Alford, even from the moment that he was signed back in the day when the Cardinals had the opportunity to sign him after the Atlanta Falcons released him before the start of free agency. So keep an eye on Alford as well. Another veteran depth guy who I think really uh, was an unsung hero in that secondary last season up right until he got hurt. Well, it, when it's all said and done, he is their most physical corner, and I think he would have been a good matchup on Odell Beckham. I don't know if it would have affected the game necessarily because the Cardinals obviously didn't play well and they fell behind 21 nothing, and it's tough to beat the Rams on the road like that. But I think, you know, bringing in uh, Jeff Gladney, they're not forced to take a corner in the first or second round. I believe that because this guy is a former first-round pick. You got a, you, you used a second-round pick on Byron Murphy. You moved up in the fourth round to get Marco Wilson. And so, you know, and then we'll see, you know, Murphy's better suited to play inside. Uh, Gladney can play inside and outside. And I, I think, you know, it's based on a little bit of highlights I watched. The guy's very physical against the run, and they need somebody like that, not more of a finesse cornerback. I think it all depends on how the board shakes out. Sure. If they have one of the corners rated very, very high, then you select them and you just work it out. You play three corners. You play four corners. You're going to need cornerbacks in this league, not just for 2022, 
but beyond. The other roster move made, Rondell Carter rejoins the Cardinals. He spent most of last season on the practice squad prior to signing with the Texans in late December. Played in one game for Houston. It was week 16 against the Chargers. They released him, so the Cardinals say, hey, six foot three, 270-pound outside linebacker. We liked you enough to keep you around for much of last season, just weren't quite ready to be on the active roster. So we'll see what happens. And again, a depth move. Your fifth outside linebacker as we speak here on this Wednesday, the day before the 2022 NFL Draft. And again, much like the Hamilton signing, this doesn't mean outside linebacker edge rusher is off the table in the first round, in the second round, or in the third round. Couldn't agree more. I mean, you can you never have enough depth. Right now, on paper, the only starter you can look at is Marcus Golden, and then you throw in Kennard and Victor Dimakechi, and then after that, you know, you're looking for some more depth. And I do think they're going to have to address the outside linebacker slash edge rusher and also the defensive line in the draft at some point. And in edge rusher, I would certainly like this team to pick up a veteran, someone to come in and be that week one guy opposite Marcus Golden until – whomever the young player is that is selected over the next three days is up to speed. Unless you find that guy and all of a sudden during the offseason training camp, he's ready. But you just don't know, and I don't think you can plan on that. You can't go in saying, all right, it's Marcus Golden and whomever we draft. That, that to me, is not good planning on a front office's part. Yeah, and, and you know, just spitballing here. Uh, you know, I always looked at Anthony Barr, but I don't. I think he's more of an inside linebacker, so that wouldn't make sense. And there's, there's another guy out there, and Carlos Dunlop. I again, I don't have any insight. Um, he's 33 years old. He had a really good career in Cincinnati. He played left defensive end last year. He played in Seattle, and he played outside linebacker slash it is with his hand in the dirt. He is 33, and that could be one of those signings where you bring in a veteran guy, as you said, and all of a sudden, you know, everyone on the depth chart either goes down or up and he again if you play or if you draft a rookie whether it's a first day second day he's not going to play 65 snaps but you need some veteran presence out there especially when you get to the fourth quarter with these two moves now Hamilton and Carter 19 roster moves and I go back to when they re-signed Zach Ertz on that Sunday going into the legal tampering period so 19 roster moves 13 have been retaining players from last season, including 10 unrestricted free agents. It goes back to what we've been talking about, the known versus the unknown, something General Manager Steve Kahn was asked about during his pre-draft press conference. Quote, guys who have come back and know what we're getting in terms of preparation, work ethic, and attention to detail, that's the hardest parts about free agency, end quote. So, yeah, it is nice to have those new toys, if you will, and I understand filling holes for players that were lost, i.e. Chandler Jones. Not so much with Christian Kirk. I do think they're okay with Rondell Moore. Yet at the same time, they made it a point, a priority, to bring back Ertz, James Conner, Colt McCoy, your top three perhaps priority players on the offensive end to kind of shore up that production, especially at pass catcher and a running back spot. Now you have your starting tight end and your starting running back. Yeah, and, you know, on offense, I mean – they're likely going to add probably an interior offensive lineman. I think they would like to get a receiver. And then really the focus should be on the defense at some point, edge rusher, defensive lineman, cornerback. You know, you can never have enough cornerbacks. You can never have enough defensive linemen based on rotation. So 
And, and they're going to stick to their board, but there's also going to be a need in there. What they didn't do in free agency, they will have to address in the draft. And if not, they'll they'll figure that part out before they go to training camp. Again, eight draft picks, one in each of uh, the first, second, and third rounds, two in the sixth, and three in the seventh. We'll see what happens, you know, fourth, fifth round. But there is going to be some movement. There's always movement, and it's just hard to predict because in the moment, yeah, you want – you see players fall or you're looking at a player that you like a lot, highly highly graded, and all of a sudden it's, all right, we, we need to figure out a way to get this player, i.e. Marco Wilson last season. But the draft capital at the moment is just not very strong for the Arizona Cardinals. Speaking of the 2022 NFL draft, the draft party presented by Arizona Four Dealers on Thursday, April 28th on the Great Lawn outside State Farm Stadium from 4 until 9 o'clock. Admission is free. Parking is free. There will be a special post-draft fireworks show, a lot of activities, kids' interactive zone, autographs, current, former players, Big Red Siren, and cheerleaders as well. Colleague Paul Calvisi will be hosting that on Thursday. And then Saturday, day three of the draft, the Draft Weekend Country Concert featuring Ryan Hurd, Lanco, and Callista Clark on the Great Lawn outside State Farm Stadium. Go to sportsmansparkaz.com. All right, are you ready, MJ? This, I'm by ready. the way, is the 87th edition of the draft. Not sure if you saw this, but Peter King, who I think is one of the most respected writers locally, nationally, that covers the NFL. But he had this note. I don't know if this is going to come to fruition, but the unpredictability of this draft and the lack of quarterbacks, number of quarterbacks that people project in the top 15 or top 10. But Peter King made this note, and I think this was two weeks ago. This draft in 2022 might be the first draft in history that, as he wrote, quote, no one who touches the ball getting picked in the top 10. In other words, no quarterback, no running back, no wide receiver, no tight end in the top 10. Now, how likely is that to be? Meaning you're going to have more offensive linemen, more defensive players. I expect a quarterback to hear his name called in the top 10. I certainly expect a wide receiver to hear their name called in the top 10, but maybe only one each. So you're looking at two of the first 10 picks with a skilled position player, someone, as Peter King wrote, touches the ball. It would be fascinating if what he writes, predicts, actually comes to fruition on Thursday. Yeah, you you are pretty consistent that eventually when we get to this point, we're going to see a quarterback in the top ten. And I I think the first possibility would be sixth overall to the Carolina Panthers. Now, their owner, Dave Tepper, came out today, and he's really excited about Sam Darnold, and he gave a vote of confidence to Matt Rule. Uh-oh. Yes. And so, you know, they have Darnold, but is he the answer long-term? If you're Matt Rule, you want to find that guy, and, you know, depending on how Darnold plays. But, I, I you know, initially I thought maybe. But you're right. It's, it's a premium at the position, and who knows how – all the three of these quarterbacks are going to pan out. Well, it's Malik Willis. He, he throw in Cody Pickett, Matt Car- Car- uh, Carell, um, Desmond Ritter, uh, Ritter, right? Yeah. So we don't know. But next year, you're going to see at least three or four quarterbacks go in the top ten. That's the difference from this year's class to next year's class. And there's a really lot of good offensive tackles. Um, there are really good cornerbacks. I mean, we could see a couple cornerbacks in the top ten, top fifteen. It's again, it's it's a it's a lot of 
unpredictability. No one knows what's going to happen, maybe more so this year than any year in the past. And it does seem that perhaps maybe not top-heavy, and that's what you hear a lot. This draft is not very top-heavy at a lot of positions, but what it is is deep at a lot of positions, deep as far as getting a player in the fifth, sixth, maybe even seventh round because what's happened, and Drew Grigson made this uh, comment on the Big Red Rage, the Cardinals director of player personnel, because of COVID, a lot of college players chose to stay in school and play another year. So if you were projected to be a seventh-round pick or undrafted, now all of a sudden, you know, maybe you're able to improve your stock a little bit. There's more – there's a deeper pool to where a pick in the seventh round wait a year and then all of a sudden maybe that's, you know, or earlier maybe that's an undrafted free agent. You'll be able to get a little bit more talent in the later rounds, specifically on day three. Yeah, and it seems like, you know, I think edge rusher is deep. I think wide receiver is deep. I think tackle is deep. Um, corner again, yeah. So I think, you know, when you're picking 25 to 45, depending on what you like, I, I think those grades are going to be very similar across the board. Now, each position obviously is, gets a different grade or a different player, um, but there's not a huge drop-off. I mean, depending on what you're looking for, you know, uh, you know, you look at it sometimes, well, you get the sixth best receiver, uh, and, and really that doesn't matter. How do they fit your system? How do they fit the scheme? You know, who else do they have around them that make them better? Um, but you got to stick to your guns and, and, and feel that you put the work in and, and you make sure you draft these guys that you think is going to have a future in your franchise. And a warning, and maybe not so much a warning, but just a cautionary statement, if you will, when you are watching the drafts and there is a surprise or a perceived surprise or the Cardinals select a player that, wait a second, you either have never even heard of or, well, they haven't been mocked. Well, because you're talking about people that are on the outside looking at these prospects and who's to say at number 23, that's the Cardinals' 10th best player that they graded. Great point. Because based off of what they're looking for, yep. what they need, and how they will fit within their offense or defense. So just because things transpire that are maybe a little bit unpredictable or out of the norm, if you will, well, wait until you hear from the general manager, the head coach, wait until you see these players. And that's why the grades post-draft are kind of laughable. We talk about them. It's, again, great content. But no one knows. You need five years to kind of figure out just how well a draft pick is going to be. And some take longer, and some obviously it's much quicker to figure out whether they can play. And there's an expectation depending on where your name is called day one, day two, or day three. No, I, you make an excellent point, and people got to remember this. And the media and fans will be surprised, but these teams are not surprised because they've done the work. You know, I. You know, I mentioned on the Red Sea Report on Tuesday. Um, I want chaos. I, I want traits. Because, you want quarterbacks taken off the board. <laughs> yeah, I want at least two or three before the Cardinals pick, because that means position players are possibly going to get pushed down. But when we see a trade, you're like, "Wow!" Well, these these teams have been talking about these trades for the last couple of days. I mean, you put feelers out there. Hey, are you open for business? Sure, we are. We're open for business. And you, when you have eight teams that have multiple picks in the first round. There's going to be some movement. So when we sit there and your jaw drops and you're like, wow, listen, 
it's wild to us because we didn't see it or hear it for the last four months. But for these teams, that was the plan going in. And what about those eight teams that don't have a first-round draft pick? Bears, Broncos, Browns, Dolphins, Colts, Raiders, 49ers, and Rams. Do they make a move to get into the first round, maybe late first round, just because of the attractiveness of a fifth round, or excuse me, a fifth-year option for these rookie draft picks? So, again, there's always trades. It's just hard to predict what a team is going to do. And I and I think we're going to see trades in the second and third round because some of these guys that maybe, you know, after a period of time, and again, I'm not knocking the mocks. I mean, it's great you know, conversation. Especially Better not because we're about to do one. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying, like, it's great. Con- and, I, and I did a mock draft when I was doing radio because you want to get the listeners involved. And, you know, one of the things we've done over the last couple of years is we go out with our top 50 players just because we focus so much on the, the 32 players. But, you know, after a period of time, 40 guys have been mocked in the first round. And that's where the disappointment, because they see their name, their agent says, hey, this A team or X team tells me, if you're on the board at 28, we're going to take you. Well, it doesn't always work that way. So at the end of the day, you almost have 40 to 42 guys mocked, and they all think they're going in the first round. So I do think, you know, if teams have multiple picks, whether, you know, Chiefs have 12 picks, they can maneuver in the second and third round, and maybe they had a, a you know, a late first-round grade or early second. So I think we're going to see a lot of trades because – there's so much meat and potatoes in this draft. It's depending on what you are looking for. All right. We did not do – or we agreed to not do any trades in our mock draft 1.0. No, we're going to leave that for tomorrow. Yeah. We'll, we'll just, we'll just kind of, you know, do it as normal pick by pick here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We did have in an undisclosed area of the facility here, we did have an official coin toss – Mike Jarecki won, went with tails. For whatever reason, it always comes up tails. So Mike Jarecki will have the first pick, and then we'll go every other pick, and we can have some discussion and some debate. But this is just kind of after going through your top 50, just kind of get an idea of where we think some of these prospects will fall based off the team, based off some need, and, again, the chatter out there, although I'll say it again. Read, watch, listen to everything believe nothing when it comes to the draft <laughs> well spoken that's right. that's a veteran right there <laughs> the mock draft 1.0 cardinals covered two presented by hyundai proud partner of the arizona cardinals mike Jarecki and the jacksonville jaguars are on the clock and perhaps some news earlier on wednesday influences what the jaguars do based off the report that cam robinson franchise tag but now has agreed to a long-term deal the Jaguars starting left tackle you know all along I think it was Trent Belkey last week and you know people in the media again I think it was um, Mickey Loomis came out today and said I'm not going to tell you anything so don't don't (laughs) ask and then when he asked about the quarterback he started smiling so Belkey said it's down to four players if I had to rank the three players I would go Aiden Hutchinson Walker, and then alignment. Icky. Iquanu. Iquanu. Because they, if you want to protect your franchise quarterback, now they went out in free agency, you got Brandon Scherf, but Iquanu, he's one of the best players along with Evan Neal, and Evan Neal was in that conversation. Um, so, But I, I just think if you're going to try to – if they didn't resign 
Cam Robinson and bring, bring in Brandon, Brandon Scherf. And, and Jacksonville is going to have a ton of high picks in every round. I think you got to load up on defense. I think you got to give the defense, you know, where they can win a game for you or get pressure on the quarterback late in the game to give Trevor Lawrence. So uh, with the first pick in the 2022 uh, NFL draft, I'm going to take Aiden Hutchison out of Michigan. And that was the number one prospect on your big board. So you're going with – with some analysts are saying the safe pick. And I don't know if it's safe or not, but you know what the production you're going to get out of Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, great career, uh, great energy guy. Um, not that any of those other guys you've got to worry about off the field, but he did everything he was supposed to do. Obviously, he had some talent on that on the defense, but I mean, he could be the pillar of that defense for a long time. And, and, and again, you know, obviously you want to protect uh, Trevor Lawrence, but at the same time, um, you got to stop people to give them the ball back. All right, so Aiden Hutchinson is off the board. The Michigan man does not fall to the Lions at number two. It would be a natural fit. If the Jaguars do all go offensive line, then obviously I think the Lions would run to the podium and select Aiden Hutchinson. So, But he is off the board here in our mock draft 1.0, so I am going to go offensive line, and I'm going to go the Alabama offensive tackle, Evan Neal. Like his size, three-year starter, can play left guard, right tackle, left tackle, so there's some versatility because you got to figure out where he's going to fit along that offensive line. So for me, the Lions with Hutchinson off the board will go with they think is the best lineman, and that is Alabama offense tackle Evan Neal. Yeah, I mean, he, 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 we'll see if they take a quarterback in the second round. Yeah, I think two it would be uh, with the second pick would be too high to go with a quarterback, and that, and possibly that could be Matt Corral. If if Willis and Pickett come off the board, then that could be their option there, unless they like Ritter um, from a standpoint. So Trayvon Walker still on the board. He is. Houston Texans are on the clock. Mike Jarecki with the pick at number three. And, yes, Trayvon Walker, who the odds-on favorite believe, or the experts, if you will, think that he will be the name called with the first overall pick on Thursday. Now, they're going to go with uh, Davis Mills, and he, he did pass the eye test. Um, obviously, you, you can benefit from a guy on, on, a, on a rookie contract, not making a lot of ton of money, but – Lovey Smith, he is the head coach. His defense is that car, uh, they play that cover two, and you need corners. Now, they also need help on the line. I would take a look at the NC State lineman, uh, uh, Icky Aku. Uh, I would take a look at him, but I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go corner here, and I. Everyone is talking about Sauce uh, Gardner. He probably would be the first corner off the board. Um, but I'm going to take Derek Stingley, a uh, cornerback, and he'll he, he'll he'll have some uh, you know uh, upside. So I'm going to go with Stingley here. Um, and it, to me, if Lovey wants to play that cover too, you have to have corners that can cover. Obviously, didn't have the production that a lot of people think, but you're you're projecting him to do it in something at the next level. Well, considering that you've got three different positions on the first three picks, and now all of a sudden people are panicking. What's wrong with Trayvon Walker here in this Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals mock draft? So. The Jets with the first of their two picks in the top ten, and all of a sudden head coach Robert Sala is looking at that and saying, you know what, I want Trayvon Walker, and I'm going to take him with the Jets at number four. Probably not going to happen this way, MJ, but this is just kind of a fun exercise. It's it's, it's possible. I mean, if, if Walker doesn't go number one 
and those other teams are looking at, you know, offensive linemen, it's possible. The Jets got four and ten. I don't think the Jets would take a receiver at four, but I think they would take a receiver at ten. And going back to Houston, I don't know what their board looks like. It wouldn't surprise me if Sauce Gardner was the pick, but I'm going to go with Stingley there. All right, so Aiden Hutchinson, Evan Neal, Derek Stingley, and Trayvon Walker off the board as we reach the Giants at pick number five. Giants at number five. So who are your picks thus, thus far? Hutchinson, Neal, Stingley, and Walker. Okay. I was going to go offensive line there, so I'm going to continue with that. They did draft um, uh, Andrew Thomas a couple years ago, and I think this guy doesn't get enough credit. I'm going to take Charles Cross, offensive tackle from Mississippi State. Wow, and my eyebrows are raised as we have some stunned fans in attendance here at the facility paying attention to this mock draft 1.0. Giants at the fifth pick take an offensive tackle, Charles Cross, who was ranked number 11, MJ, on your big board. Well, um, according to the Giants, they had Evan Neal as their top player, but he's no longer on the board because uh, he got picked a little bit earlier. So you go with the next player that you feel has similar skill set. All right, so the Carolina Panthers on the clock. And, of course, this is where everyone believed that a wide, excuse me, a quarterback might hear their name called, but – I'm not going to go, and I, I am of the belief that the Panthers are strongly looking at quarterback. That's just a personal opinion of mine. But considering how things have shaken out so far, as you look at the Panthers at number six, if Sam Darnold is the future or at least the short-term future and depending on what happens down the road, I'm going to go with Ikwanu, Ikiwanu, going to go at the sixth spot for the Carolina Panthers. So a third offensive tackle going in the first six picks here in our mock draft. Yeah, I mean, that would be a surprise if they took Willis there. I totally agree with you. If you want to eat, whether it's Sam Darnold and hopefully Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy, you got to get, improve that offensive line. So I, that's, that's a really good pick. The only thing that would change is Malik Willis, I would believe. All right, so we are at pick number seven, and the Giants are on the board again. This was a pick acquired via the Bears in the draft day trade in which the Bears landed Justin Fields. So the Giants, who at pick number five, went offensive tackle. What do they do here with their seventh pick? We're going to run to the podium. <laughs> we're running there, and we're going to take Sauce Gardner because the Texans decided to go a different direction. Now, they could flip on draft day, but we're running to the podium. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau was another guy. Jermaine Johnson I was considering there, but maybe I can get those guys are probably not going to be available when I pick next. All right, so two cornerbacks now off the board as the Atlanta Falcons find themselves on the clock. Another team at quarterback, I mean, would it be a surprise? Would people be stunned if all of a sudden at pick number eight the Atlanta Falcons draft a quarterback. Yeah, you've got Marcus Mariota. It's a two-year contract, but really it's a one-year deal, and you need to figure out what you're doing long-term now that Matt Ryan is out of the fold. So the Atlanta Falcons at number eight, well, they're not going to go quarterback. There's there's just no way. But at number eight, and maybe a little bit of a free fall, but I just like the upside, and I think there's a lot being said about this gentleman that uh, I don't know if it's fair or not, but I'm going to go with Kayvon Thibodeau the defensive end out of Oregon at pick number eight. So your top three defensive ends off the board, your top three offensive tackles off the board. But Kayvon Thibodeau, who once upon a time had the perhaps mocked 
as the number one pick maybe during the course of the college season, but now gets his name called at number eight. That's a great pick. And, and again, because they got another pick in, in early in the second round, maybe they take a quarterback there. Um, you know, uh, Arthur Smith is a guy that definitely needs a quarterback like he had um, in, in Tennessee with uh, Ryan Tannehill and Marcus Mariota. But I think Mariota is more of a, you know, wait and see. And, again, next year's draft. So I, I like that pick. And, you know, not surprised because we already had a couple corners come off the board. We had a couple linemen. But he's he's worthy of being a top ten pick, Thibodeau. All right, so at number nine, the Seattle Seahawks, a pick they had picked, uh, they acquired in the Russell Wilson deal. The Seahawks are on the clock, got a lot of needs at offensive line. Do they think that they need a quarterback or looking to upgrade and fill some holes on the defensive side? Well, I think a lot of people thought, you know, when they made that trade, they're, they're going to figure it out. But, you know, I guess they're going to roll, roll with Drew Locke and Geno Smith, and they could still bring in another veteran guy. You know, if one of these corners were on the board, I think they want to get back to the Legion of Boom. And unfortunately, both of these corners are off the board, Stingley and Gardner. So I would think offensive line, Trevor Penny would be an option there. Um, uh, But also they need a pass rusher in this division, Craig. So I'm going to go with the Seahawks, Jermaine Johnson, defensive end, Florida State. But I would not be surprised if they drafted a left tackle to obviously – protect their young quarterback and obviously get that running game going. All right, so the Seahawks are going defense that brings the Jets at number 10, their second pick here in the top 10. And earlier, Trayvon Walker was the selection, but the Jets looking at what is still on the board, and you basically have your pick as far as wide receivers. We have yet to have a skilled position player or a quarterback hear their name called, and I think at this point it's just – you don't want to wait too long. You addressed defense with your first pick, and if the Jets at number 10 have their choice at wide receiver, I'm going to gamble a little bit. I love Jamison Williams. He might not be available the first couple of weeks of the regular season, but for me, I do believe he's a top 10 talent. So Jamison Williams, Alabama wide receiver, is going to be my pick at number 10. Yeah, I mean, you talk about getting weapons for that young quarterback. I mean, obviously, you know, the Jets have a lot of cap space and – uh, they're in a difficult division, though. You know, you, you look at the Buffalo Bills, they're knocking on the door for the Super Bowl. The Patriots are, are going to be studying Eddie, and Miami's made a lot of moves here. So the Jets have to add weapons and give Zach Wilson. I like the pick. The only other guy I would have went there possibly was Garrett Wilson from Ohio State because he can play right away. Again, you're not drafting these guys for the uh, for one year. It's the future. But you can't go wrong. If he's available in October or November, he's the best wide receiver in the draft if he didn't have the ACL injury. All right. Well, if you liked Garrett Wilson so much, he's available. Washington Commanders are on the clock. It's your pick at number 11. Well, they they, they let go of Landon Collins, and I think Kyle Hamilton could be a, an option here. Um, but they need to give some weapons to Sam uh, uh, Carson Wentz, and they want a big physical receiver so I'm going to go Drake London, wide receiver from USC. Uh, you got to get some dy- – he's dynamic. They get the running game going. He's a mismatch. Um, the comps are Mike Evans. So that would be a guy that could take the top off of the defense. you got Ter- Terry McLaren, 
so all of a sudden you got some weapons on offense. And, and, and again, if he's gone, I would think uh, Hamilton because you got to have somebody that can run that defense. But I think they go big and they go Drake London. Wide receivers go back to back. Do we go three straight? Is this where the run of wide receivers comes? Because if you're the Minnesota Vikings at number 12 and you've kind of hitched your wagon, if you will, to Kirk Cousins, who's he throwing the football? The Vikings obviously also need help in the secondary, but the top corners are off the board. So if I'm looking at what is available to me, I might roll the dice on a wide receiver. And in fact, I am because I am general manager of the Minnesota Vikings here in this mock draft 1.0 on Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals and it is going to be the Ohio State wide receiver Garrett Wilson is the pick at number 12 so three straight wide receivers selected in our mock draft yeah you know um, they bring in a new head coach you want to get him weapons but I think that defense is going to long long in a tooth um, they would consider possibly Hamilton Trent McDuffie um, but the thing is, you you also want to make sure Kirk Cousins. I mean, they got Justin Jefferson there. Uh, clearly, they got the running game going, so it makes sense um, to go offense. But I may see them going defense when it's all said and done. All right, the Houston Texans are on the clock once again. Their second selection here in this first round at pick number three. They went corner with Derek Stingley. Texans now. This is a choice they picked up via the Browns and the Deshaun Watson trade so Mike Jarecki you're the general manager of the Houston Texans what's your choice so we got the corner with the third overall pick and as you mentioned this trade comes from uh the Deshaun Watson trade you got to get some uh weapons for uh, I would say Davis Mills and I'm gonna go with Chris Olave Ohio State wide receiver so four wide receivers in a row selected in our mock draft and this is where if you're the Cardinals you're watching this going all right, well, maybe we need to look at another position because if you're – depending, again, how you've got these wide receivers ranked. But you look at what the Texans are looking to do, it makes sense to get a playmaker to help out, and you probably are not going to go back-to-back defensive picks in the first round. So the pick is in. It's Chris Olave. So that brings the Baltimore Ravens in at 14. And if you're the Ravens right here, I think you're sitting pretty as far as what you want to do. Probably – Likely, knowing the mindset of the Ravens and their history of that franchise, you go defense, and I like Jordan Davis, six foot six, three hundred forty-one pounds, the Georgia defensive tackle. Jordan Davis going to the Baltimore Ravens at number fourteen. That's a good pick. Um, I, you know, considering uh, Marshall Yanda retired, while Ronnie Staley hasn't been able to stay healthy, it wouldn't surprise me if Trevor Penny was an option there. But clearly, they're going to bank on their defense and um but you know you can't go wrong when, with the jordan davis he had a really good combine and uh, up next the philadelphia eagles and i'm not very happy that jordan davis is no longer on the board this is the first of two picks for the eagles they're also selecting at number 18 so my you know if you're that unhappy mj and we said we weren't going to do trades but you know if that was your guy now all of a sudden you got to pick up the phone and try to figure out yeah now, the Eagles uh, will lose Brandon Graham uh, in coming years, so they need a replacement. Do you take uh, the Purdue um, defensive end, Karofalos, there? Um, I think they need a cornerback in, in that division. you got to be able to cover it. So I'm going to go cornerback Trent McDuffie to the Philadelphia Eagles at number 15. All right, he was 
number 18 on your big board, but another cornerback off the board here as far as Trent McDuffie going to the Eagles. So you look at the cornerbacks, Stingley, Sauce Gardner, and Trent McDuffie off the board here in our mock draft 1.0. The Eagles will come up again momentarily, but that brings us to the midway point of the draft, the New Orleans Saints, the first of their two picks. And this is a pick that maybe the first quarterback gets their name called. Who knows? There's a lot of conversations with New Orleans as far as how they figure out what to do with a defensive-minded head coach now stepping in for Sean Payton. The New Orleans Saints, uh, you look at the talent that is still available. This is this this might be an interesting one. I'm not I'm not quite ready to hear a quarterback's name called. I do think it's still a little bit too high, but I am going to go defense and put Kyle Hamilton and a New Orleans Saints uniform at pick number 16. I like it. Now, Hamilton is a guy that probably could have gone a little bit higher, but it, based on the nature of the position, you just don't never know when it comes to that kind of stuff. And with Hamilton, I mean, there are many people believe that he is, as far as overall talent, perhaps maybe the best prospect in this draft, regardless of position, and you land him with the 16th overall pick. Yeah, and, you know, he's a guy that, you know, you, you can never have enough guys that, you know, have the uh, IQ to, to line up everybody up on the football field, and he, he really comes across like that. So I, I wouldn't be surprised when it comes to that. Now, we have not heard a quarterback's name called. Now, it's not going to happen here at pick number 17, MJ, because the Los Angeles Chargers are on the clock. Yeah, and – even though they re-signed uh, Mike Williams and 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 they also you know want to get more weapons for uh, obviously Justin Herbert, um, you're going to see a run on receivers. Um, I got to think they want to get a receiver that's physical in, in the run game, and this is probably not going to make Cardinal fans very happy. <laughs> but I'm going to take Trey Traylon Burks from Arkansas. One of those names that has been mocked to the Cardinals a lot, considering one, it's the size, 6'2", 225, maybe a Debo Samuel kind of a type wide receiver in which you can put him number of different spots despite his size. But another wide receiver is off the board. And this, again, to your point, is not good news for the Arizona Cardinals if they were hoping to land a wide receiver. So Traylon Brooks goes to the Chargers at 17. And the Eagles, once again, on the clock. At pick number 15, they went defense. Trent McDuffie, the cornerback. And the Eagles, not happy that there are not a wide receiver available to them because if you're going to – See what Jalen Hurts can do. Is this a make-or-break year for Jalen Hurts? What do you do? Or maybe on the flip side, what do you do to help him protect him? And the best offensive lineman, according to your top 50 big board, still available is the inside basically can play guard. Both guard positions does have experience at left tackle and was asked to play some center at the senior bowl. But Zion Johnson is going to be the pick of the Philadelphia Eagles at number 18. Wow. Cardinal fans are going to be happy about that. Yeah, we're not making any friends I know. here on this mock draft 1.0, are we? Okay, so the Saints. Um, their second pick in this draft. Right. They went Kyle Hamilton with their first selection. Now, you got Devontae White out there. Uh, I mean, White can go in there and you know the Saints are going to uh, – they're willing to ignore his off-the-field issues, not to get into that. 
But I think you've got to protect uh, for the future, whether it's a quarterback, Jameis Winston. So I'm going to take Tulsa offensive tackle Tyler Smith. I didn't have him ranked as high as on my 50 board, but to me, um, you got to protect the quarterback. you got to be able to open up that run game uh, with with your uh, running back in Elvin Kamara. So I'm going to go offensive tackle Tyler Tyler Smith from Tulsa. I think I had him ranked maybe at 50. He was number 40, 40 on okay. your big board, but a two-year starter at left tackle. Many believe he could be moved inside to guard, but 6'5", 324, Tyler Smith is off the board. Now, we reach number 20 here, and this is where many people believe that regardless of who may have had their name called earlier in the draft, many believe, based off what's going on in Pittsburgh, that the Steelers will look at the quarterback position. Malik Willis is still available here in our mock draft, but they've got someone in their backyard that they are very, very familiar with, and that is Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh. And I do think, and maybe this is just too easy to assume, but I do think, based off of information and knowledge, they know Kenny Pickett better than any of the quarterbacks out there, despite the questions on hand size. Pittsburgh Steelers at number 20 will take the first quarterback off the board here in our mock draft. Kenny Pickett is the choice. Well, they share the same facility, so they, yep. they are aware of him over the last four years. Uh, makes sense. It wouldn't surprise me if Will Willis was still on the board if he was the pick. All right, number 21, of course, Bill Belichick. He knows how to find these diamonds in the rough, whether that's Dexton Hill, who can play corner, safety, another versatile prospect. It would be intriguing to Bill Belichick. But I'm going to go ahead and take linebacker from Utah, Devin Lloyd. Obviously, Dante Hightower is a free agent. Ken Kyle Van Noy was released, and Belichick loves young linebackers. He can play in a 3-4 or 4-3. Again, I, if, I'm, if I was sitting at 21, I think there would be three defensive players. Obviously, Kyle Hamilton's off the board. Dexter, Dexton Hill's more of a late first-round pick. But I'm going to go with Devin Lloyd. He's a very productive linebacker at the uh, at Utah. All right, so the first inside linebacker off the board going to the New England Patriots at pick number 21. At 22, one pick ahead of the Cardinals. The Green Bay Packers acquiring this pick in the Devontae Adams trade with the Raiders. Packers also have a selection at number 28. But at 22, obviously people are going to assume wide receiver, but there's been a run of wide receivers on the board. And since we've kind of made it a theme here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, on upsetting the Bird Gang as far as the number of players taken off this board on our mock that have been mocked to the Cardinals over the last several weeks and months. There's an edge rusher, George Karloftis, that is still on the board. He was number 20 overall on your big board, MJ, and the Packers are going to surprise people because I think everyone's assuming it's wide receiver. Nope, they're going to go edge rusher. George Karloftis is off the board here at pick number 22. No, I, I couldn't agree more with you. And they, they got multiple picks, and a lot of people think they're going to go wide receiver, but they also lost Zarius Smith in the offseason. He get a pass rusher, and he'll fit perfect in that system. All right. We got issues here. So at pick number 23, the Arizona Cardinals are on the clock here in this Cardinals cover two mock draft. Mike Jarecki has the choice of the Cardinals. There's been a run of offensive linemen. There's been a run of wide receivers. There's been a run of edge rushers. What's the choice here at number 23? General Manager Steve Keim with Mike Jarecki stepping in. Well, I'm calling the Green Bay Packers, first of all. 
and I'm gonna and see if they want to come up. I'm calling the Kansas City Chiefs because the Packers have 28, the Chiefs have 29 and 30, and I'm gonna try to make a trade right here. But if I have to make the pick, Cardinals I believe will go offense, and I'm gonna take Penn State wide receiver Johan Dotson. So Dotson. 5-11-178, the pick in our mock draft here on Cardinals Cover 2. He is a selection at number 23. All right, General Manager Steve Kime, i.e. Mike Jarecki, explain the Dotson selection. Well, they, they come in different shapes and sizes. Dot, Dotson can play on the outside. He also returns punts. And he's got some special teams, so maybe you could take a little bit of load off of Rondell Moore. He's, 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 he's actually a couple pounds lighter than Rondell Bohr, but he's a little bit taller. Um, he's not your big physical A.J. Green, um, you know, Trayvon Burks, but he can play on the outside, and he's one of those guys you can move around, and I think it would be perfect in Kling's, Cliff Kingsbury's offense. Third team AP All-American, second team All-Big Ten, team leading 91 receptions for 1,182 receiving yards with 12 touchdowns, which tied for eighth most in the country. Yeah, the size, 5'11", 178. But if you look at his film at Penn State, a lot of his routes came on the outside. Now, Where Burks, 77% of his routes came from the slot. And all that matters is can you beat that guy that is across from you? Craig, you and I, and I've kind of come around like we're looking for that big, tall receiver on the outside, the Adrian Green type, and Burks fits that profile. But, you know, I don't know what kind of ice cream you like. Well, I don't know if you like vanilla, strawberry, or chocolate. I just like ice cream. And if he, I'm not worried about the size because if he gets able to get open, and we know some of these smaller receivers can get open where these DBs now are six feet, and sometimes they have a hard time covering them based on how their route running is and stopping on a dime. So I think he'll fit perfectly in this Cliff Kingsbury offense. All right, so that is where we mock the Cardinals selection. Jahan Dotson, wide receiver out of Penn State. We'll kind of figure out if that is what exactly happens in 24 hours from now. And, of course, we'll make fun of ourselves on the next time we have a chance to converse here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. All right, let's continue. Let's finish out the first All round. right, Jerry. Dallas Cowboys on the clock. And they can go a number of different ways, but – Looking at what is still available and the best prospects, I'm going to go outside linebacker. Boye Mafe out of Minnesota, another edge rusher off the board, played well at the Senior Bowl, and Mafe is a selection to the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, the only th other thing I would look is is Dallas has done a really good job drafting offensive linemen. You look at Ty uh, Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, and the only other thing I would look there is possibly Kenyon Green from Texas A&M, but clearly – you know, Dallas is, a, you know, you never know what Jerry Jones is going to do. Um, but clearly, you know, Mike McCarthy's got to win. And hopefully that, you know, they can, you know, stay healthy because they're going to be competing in the NFC East. All right. Number 25, the Buffalo Bills. Is it more weapons for Josh Allen or do you look for some defensive help? On well, Tredavious White's coming off an ACL. So we're going to take Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson. He gives us a little bit of size. Uh, we did have interest in Trent McDuffie. Uh, obviously, Dexton Hill is a guy we had ranked a little bit le lower. We like Andrew Booth coming off an injury. Um, so we're going to snatch him up. All right. He was number 32 on your big board, which brings us to the Tennessee Titans. Again, they could go perhaps wide receiver. 
I know there's been some talk about the future of Ryan Tannehill. Could the Titans surprise people and take a quarterback? I don't think that's the case, but you look at what is still available and the other defensive tackle out of Georgia is still on the board here. So Devontae Wyatt is the pick of the Tennessee Titans here at pick number 26. They're going to go defense, which might be a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, the, the – uh... The Titans lost a couple linemen in free agency. I think they lost Lobber Saffold, so it wouldn't surprise me if they went Kenyon Green here to get that running game going with, with Derrick Henry. You can't go wrong with, with the guy that can rush the passer. Obviously, Vrabel's background is defense, getting to the quarterback, stopping the run, especially in that division. So the only other option I would have thought would be guard so you can make sure that running game continues. All right, well, that position is available for you, MJ. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are now on the clock at pick number 27. Well, you know, Todd Bowles likes those, uh, you know, the Dale Buchanan's and Tyron Matthews. So Dexter Hill is going to be a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. Out of Michigan, Michigan six feet, 191. And that is the selection, the safety out of Michigan gets the call of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right. That brings the Green Bay Packers on the clock again. They were at the selection at pick number 22 earlier, and they went defense they went edge rusher so you would think here in the first round perhaps wide receiver is the expected choice and you look at what might still be available out there not a lot of depth as far as high-end receivers still available so much to the chagrin of one Aaron Rodgers the Packers are again gonna go well I'm trying to look here as I, as I surveyed the you big board here. You still got two minutes on the clock. <laughs> I appreciate that. You know what? I am uh, I am actually going to help out one Aaron Rodgers. This just might not be a skilled position player. But I'm going to go with some offensive line help. Northern Iowa offensive tackle Trevor Penning is going to be the selection of the Green Bay Packers at pick number 28. And honestly, I'm surprised he's still available. And now, again, this is just a, you know, we're just spitballing here. But I'm surprised. I think he – you never know, but he's part of that, that top four or five offensive tackles, and we know that David Bakhtiari is, is their fixture there, but you can never have enough protection for Aaron Rodgers. All right, Kansas City has multiple picks, 29 and 30. Uh, we lost Tyreek Hill, so I'm going to draft Christian Watson, wide receiver, North Dakota State. Okay, I've heard his name linked to the Cardinals a couple of times, but uh, someone that not a lot of people know based on the fact that he did not play at a Power 5 school, but Christian Watson is the selection of the Chiefs at number 29. They are still on the clock at pick number 30, and considering that Tyron Matthew is no longer in the fold with the Kansas City Chiefs, at least not as of yet. Is there a reunion at some point? Who knows? But you're probably looking for some secondary help, some safety help, if you will. Maybe an inside linebacker. Quay Walker out of Georgia is still on the board here in our mock draft. But uh, I think the pick here, if I am going to kind of survey, well, the Kobe Dean is still available as well. So interesting you have, choice. Uh, you have that safety Georgia linebacker Lewis Seen. Seen, yep. So, you know, you know what? That's a good call. I appreciate the help of my assistant general manager. We're going to go with a Georgia player, but it is going to be Seen. Lewin Seen is going to be the selection here at number 30. You've got your safety of the future, if you will. Yeah, and clearly you, they have to make sure that that secondary is covering, especially in that division now. And this guy's a really good player. Of course, he played at uh, Georgia. Two more picks to go. Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. Now, 
you would think that, you know, they're going to get more linemen to protect, um, you know, Joe Burrow. Um, you know, you look at uh, – I think they're going to go defense here. And is our guy from Purdue off the board yet? Karloftis is off the board. He went number 22 to the Green Bay Packers. <sighs> okay. I'm going to take cornerback Car Elam. Okay. Out of Florida. Out of Marco Florida. Marco Wilson's former teammate. So, Elam is off the board. The pick, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, who are – I wouldn't say they have a lot of holes to fill, but certainly a young, talented team that is up and coming. Is Devontae Wyatt still available? He is. Devont no, wait. Devontae okay. Wyatt went to the Tennessee Titans okay, that would number be 26. Other, okay, thank you, because that would have been my other option. But, I, you know, playing in that division – uh, you got to cover, so I, I think you know. Obviously, offensive line, but you know, um, the fact is that you know the, sometimes teams take offensive linemen in the second and third round. But here, I'm going to go corner. All right. So the last pick of the first round here in our mock draft, our one and only mock draft. The Detroit Lions are back on the clock. They had the second overall pick. They went offensive tackle Evan Neal. Now with their selection via the Rams and the Matthew Stafford trade, the Detroit Lions are going to go quarterback here in our mock draft, and it is going to be Malik Willis. He does hear his name called in the first round. Only the second quarterback off the board in round one, Malik Willis, is going to the Detroit Lions here to wrap up mock draft 1.0 here on Cardinals Cover 2. Well, and it's going to be interesting, Craig, because I think you're right on here. Now, if Willis goes to the Steelers at 20, and Pickett will definitely go to the Lions at 32. Unless somebody moves up, unless Carolina gets, you know, they, they get desperate, and I think you could still get a Ritter in the second round. But uh, I think Pittsburgh and Detroit, 20 and 32, we could see a flip there. Um, but I definitely think both of those guys will be first-round picks. And Matt Corral is still on the board as well, the Mississippi quarterback. So He'll go early in the second round, the teams that are looking for the future. So uh, an interesting exercise, if you will, here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Again, the real draft happens Thursday, April 28th. Bird Gang, if you want to be hanging out with your fellow Cardinal fans, head to the Draft Party presented by Arizona Four Dealers on the Great Lawn outside State Farm Stadium from 4 until 9 o'clock on Thursday. Admission is free. Parking is free. It's going to be a great time. And then on Saturday, the Draft Weekend Country Concert featuring Ryan Hurd, Lanco, and Callista Clark on the Great Lawn at State Farm Stadium. Go to sportsmansparkaz.com for more information. Now, this always happens, and when you start looking at the – 32 picks. Did we miss on anybody? Because sometimes the 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 listeners and the fans they don't know that certain players were, were flagged for medical or character. Is there anybody that missed that we thought could be a first round pick? Well, Quay Walker out of Georgia, perhaps Tyler Linderbaum, the Iowa center. Although he's kind of just a one trick pony, if you will, as far as playing just the center position. And, and I thought he would be a you know because he is he. He only can play the center. And to me, if you're the Eagles, and depending what you do with your two picks, Jason Kelsey is not getting any younger. I just don't know. But I, I thought Linderbaum would be a first-round pick. But it's not like he plays multiple positions. He is strictly a center. Now, I'm not saying he can't play guard in a pinch. It's because of his size and his short arms. And short arms doesn't mean – you can have short arms when you're playing in an interior line. So, you know, I, I look at Pittsburgh. Um, 
If they don't take a quarterback, they could take a lineman for the future. Um, but if I'm the Eagles and Jason Kelsey is getting a little long in the tooth, that would be considered there. But I did have Linderbaugh, I thought, would be a first-round pick. We'll see how we uh, did. We'll uh, we'll we'll. We'll grade ourselves. We'll, we'll grade ourselves, and uh, right now, probably looking at a uh, well. If we if we had a passing grade, C's considered passing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, C's C's can get you a you know graduate from high school, right? <laughs> Again, Jahan, Jahan Dotson is the selection of the Arizona Cardinals, the Penn State wide receiver. In case you missed it, uh, but that was the mock how we mocked it up here on Cardinals cover two and and again I you know I guess they'll stick to their board there's got to be a little bit of need based on what they didn't do in free agency I still think uh, Traylon Burks uh, Zion Johnson and Dotson definitely would be in the mix if if they're on the board at number 23 and I do think the Cardinals would entertain moving down to get an extra pick the good news is all this speculation is just about over because the 2022 NFL Draft is Thursday, April 28th. It is finally here, and I, for one, cannot wait. Who do we get to welcome as the newest Arizona Cardinals players? Remember, there are eight picks. How many of those do they keep? How many do they try to trade back and maybe acquire more picks? But it is going to be fun theater, fun exercise, and, again, all the coverage on azcardinals.com for all three days. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.